Hey, local church. Thanks for tuning in with us today. So pumped that you would take some time out of your week to tune into uh, what God's doing here at our church in Ottawa. Man, I love our church so much, and we're, we've been in a great series the last couple of weeks. We had Caleb and Tim kick us off, and really just, I think we're, we're on a good path. If I had to bet on it, I think it's going to be a great year. And the what, what Caleb and Tim have been preaching on, actually, you know, uh, Caleb talked about traveling light, and he talked about how we can lay our baggage with the baggage keeper, and that we can lay our weights aside with Jesus if we really want to travel and, and go into what God has called us to. And then Tim just preached an amazing message last week about traveling with purpose and about dreams that God puts in our hearts and how we can really trust him to see those things fulfilled. And I want to continue with the theme of traveling. And today I want to preach a message called Traveling to the Other Side. We're going to jump into our word. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. We're going to go to chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 35. It says this, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go to the other side. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he's saying, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him, and they said, they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and they said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Very next verse, chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the garrisons. Father, we pray today that you would speak to us through your word, Lord. We pray that as we dive in, Lord, as we lean in to what you want to say, God, Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you and, and invite you to, to speak to the depths of our heart, to, to teach us something new today, God, to show us the things that we need to hear, Lord. Help me say what you want to say, Lord. Help me to partner with what you're already doing in the lives of our church. Father, we love you. We trust you completely. In Jesus' name, amen. I found this. I found that life is made up of crossing over moments. I found that, that my life and the life of so many people that I know, of everybody that I know, is made up of these let's go to the other side moments. You know, God has called me there, but right now I find myself here. God is calling me into deeper relationship with him, but right now I'm just young in my faith. God is calling me to take a step of faith in my finances. God is saying, I want you to, to trust me with, with your tithes and offering in a more significant way. God is maybe saying, okay, now it's time to cross over. It's time for you to deal with that relational hurt that has been that has been eating away at you 
for years. Okay, I'm calling you to this. I'm calling you to this career path. I'm calling you into ministry. I'm calling you to evangelize to the people in your city. God is calling us to another side, but right now we find ourselves here or what most of life is made up of, made up of is that we find ourselves in the middle, this crossing over moment. And sometimes there's storms. Sometimes life gets a little bit messy and a little bit complicated. You ever just tried to do something, maybe even simple? You ever try to go go on a journey or go someplace and, and all of a sudden it feels like you're getting more than you're bargaining for? Now, I uh, it's not a hidden fact about me that I enjoy food, that I consider myself, you know, I, I one of those people, I think I can eat a lot of food. I like to enjoy a lot of food. I like to check out different places, different spots. Yesterday I was in Montreal and I went to a place called Fugazi Pizza. Got this amazing pizza, this garlic bread, this little combo deal. I got I got some 7-Up. Uh, 7-Up and pizza, one of the best combos, by the way. If you haven't tried it, pause this message, order a pizza, then come back. It's going to make my message sound better. You're going to be happier. It's going to be great. We were at this place and... Uh, one of the things, one of the, the delicacies that I enjoy more than anything is a Subway cookie. A Subway M&M chocolate chip cookie. I can't tell you why. It shouldn't be as good as it is, but oh my gosh, those cookies, when they're fresh, even when they're not fresh and they're kind of crumbly, they are so good. So one time I was at home and, uh, you know, when we were living in Mississauga, there's a Subway about half a kilometer away. And I, I was said to Jane, I was like, Jane... I don't want a sub. I just want a cookie from Subway. So I, uh, you know, it's, it's close enough for me to walk. That's the, the annoying thing about this whole story. Half a kilometer away, but I figured, ah, it's like, I'm being lazy today. I'm going to get a Subway cookie. Apparently I'm not in a good emotional state. So what do I do? I hop in my car and I drive over to Subway and I get out and I walk in to go buy my cookie, you know, and I go in and order my cookie and I go to pay. And I don't have my wallet on me. Like, ah, shoot, you know, I don't have Apple Pay set up on my phone at this time. And, you know, I'm like Chris Spencer, just figuring out, you know, Apple Pay, all of these things. He had no idea. I had to show it to him. Like, come on, dude. But I was him two years ago, so I have grace for him. It's totally okay. He's in the room, and I'm making him laugh. So, wins all around. I didn't have Apple Pay, so I realized, like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to drive back home, get my wallet. So I go, and all of a sudden, I realize... I can't get into my car. I've locked myself out. One of the worst feelings is locking yourself out of the car. All I wanted was a Subway cookie and I locked myself out of the car and I don't have CAA. So I'm calling and I'm trying to get a hold of tow companies. I'm trying to save money. So I'm calling multiple ones. Eventually I'm like, I'm just going to pay for a CAA membership. So I'm there for like two hours. And then all of a sudden, by the way, it's like July. It, it's sometime in like the, the middle of summer. It is so hot out. And just to like add insult to injury, I am waiting there for my car and I just happen, you know, as I'm looking for my keys, some reason I start, look, I looked in the front seat through the window a bunch of times, couldn't see anything, like an hour and a half in, I looked in my back seat and realized that I had left some of my groceries that I had just picked up earlier that day in the back seat, including some raw chicken, just sitting in my car, going bad, and it was just, all I wanted was a Subway cookie. I was hoping it was going to be an easy journey, but there was just thing after thing after thing. Sometimes that's how life 
goes, Frodo Baggins. He thought he had the whole squad with him. He had Gandalf. He had Aragorn's sword, Legolas's bow, Gimli's axe. He thought, oh, probably Mordor? Ah, walk in the park. Easy. Nope. You know, I think the disciples might feel like that in this situation. They've got the Savior of the world. They've got the Messiah here with them. And he's hey, guys, let's go, let's go to the other side. Let's hop on this boat. Let's go to the other side. They're thinking, easy. What could go wrong? I'm just going to get a subway cookie. I'm just walking the ring in a Mordor. Easy. No big deal. They go, and they're on their way. They're on their journey. They're in the boat. And all of a sudden, a storm arises. If I'm one of the disciples, I'm starting to get a little bit confused. And I think this is us. Because it's it's the, the question we ask a lot of the time to the Lord. It's, God, you told us to go to the other side. Jesus, you said, let's go here. You ever found yourself in the middle of a storm when you're on your way, when you're on the journey, when you're, when you're doing the thing that you feel like the Lord has called you to? I feel like that's probably how the disciples felt in that moment. And I feel like that's where we find ourselves so often. So looking at this passage today, I want to talk about four realizations that I think we should have as we're on this journey that are going to help us as we cross over, as we travel to the other side. The first realization is that we will go through storms. Not a very fun place to start, I promise. It's going to get better. We will go through storms. John 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have trouble. Awesome. Great. I love reading my Bible. But wait. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. When it comes to life, there are few guarantees. But one of them is that there will be bumps and twists and turns along the way. That sometimes as we're headed towards the dream that God's put in our heart, as we're headed towards the good things that he's called us to, as we're on the journey of discipleship, being shaped and formed by him, as we're doing those good things, there's this reality that things are going to be hard sometimes. There's this reality that things are going to be tough, that unforeseen circumstances are going to happen, that, that somebody is going to double-cross you, that, that you're going to make a mistake, that maybe you just you did the wrong thing at the wrong time with a good intention. There might just be things that, there might be a global pandemic that happens, unforeseen circumstances. This is a reality of life, but the truth, that we need to keep in our hearts is that we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. The reality, the truth is this, is that Jesus has called you to cross over even if there is a storm along the way. That even if there's a storm, even if things seem tough, even if things seem hard, you can't let go of the, the dream that he's put in your heart. You can't forsake the place that he is calling you to just because it gets tough. I remember when, when God really dropped it into our hearts, Jane and I, that he wanted us to move to Ottawa and be a part of local church. I mean, this, this was a, not a small decision. Jane's job was remote, but I, I was, I, I had a career. I was, I was working at a church there and we had 
a house. We had a relationship. We weren't coming to, to a job here by any, like that wasn't happening. It wasn't a small thing, but we, we knew it to be, to be a God thing in our heart as we began to process it with, with, uh, with wise counsel and with close friends. It really became clear that this is where God was calling us to. And it started off with this, like, man, it's a big decision, but we're full of faith. Man, we're pumped. We believe that God is calling us to cross over into a new season of our life where we can really put down roots and we can really just, just step into a new amazing season of our life. But man, there were moments where there were storms along the way. There were moments where there was relational um, issues that, that came up that, that people were offended that, that we, we handled things the wrong way, that we, we, we didn't go about everything the right way. And sometimes there was other outside factors and people didn't handle things the right way. And the truth is, is that there were storms. And at any point, it actually could have been kind of easy to, to throw in the towel and say, you know what, actually, this is just too hard. Let's just stay where we are. But man, I'm so thankful that I knew this, that I knew that just because things get hard, it doesn't mean that they're wrong. And that's, man, we got to know that in our, in our millennial gens, even just our human nature mindset, we have to remember and understand that just because something is hard doesn't mean that it's bad. Man, life gets hard sometimes. Marriage gets hard does not mean marriage is bad. Being, I, I've been a parent for six weeks, and so I, I don't have a lot to say. But man, sometimes that kid just won't sleep. Being a parent's hard sometimes does not mean that it's bad. Following a dream, man, starting a new business, buying a house, doing all these things, they get hard sometimes. But we can't just let the fact that something gets rough, that something gets hard, that unforeseen circumstances arise, we can't let that derail us from where God is calling us to. Don't let storms keep you from where he's calling you. They don't mean that you're going the wrong way. They don't mean it. Keeping the course when you have every reason to quit, in fact, is what makes a journey, what makes a simple trip, really become an adventure. It's really what gives texture and, and depth and meaning. It's those, those hard moments that, that can shape and form you and really make the adventure happen, really make the journey this beautiful, amazing thing. So my, my encouragement to you this morning is that if you're in a storm, take heart. Jesus is in your boat. He's overcome the world. Just because there's a storm, oh man, they're probably, I, I know of so many people right now going through storms. Know this, Jesus is in your boat. Know this, that, that you can take heart. Know that you are not, you're not doing something bad necessarily. Know that, know that God is calling you to cross over. Because when Jesus is in your boat, that's where miracles can happen. Breakthrough can take place and dreams can become reality. Because even when he's, because when he's in the boat with us, even while there's chaos happening around us, we can have peace on the inside of us. The second realization is this. We can have peace in the storm. We can have peace in the storm. Verses 38 through 40, we read it earlier, but he was asleep in the stern. He was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. 
My prayer for you is that you could experience a great calm in your life. My, my prayer for our church is that we would be a church taking ground, crossing over to the other side where dreams are taking place, miracles are happening, breakthrough is taking place, and there's a great calm on the inside of us as a community. How can we get there? Because what, what do we do sometimes, you know, when, when life gets hard, when the storms arise, when the, the boat starts filling up with water, and it feels like Jesus is asleep? It's like, uh, hey, Jesus, where are you at? Hey, remember me? Remember, I'm that guy that you told to cross over to the other side. I'm that guy that you said, hey, get in the boat. I'm that guy that you said, hey, take that step of faith. Uh, are you asleep? Don't you know? Don't you care what's going on? What do we do? A lot of times we begin to freak out, don't we? A lot of times we get so anxious, worrying about what we can and can't do. We get so worried and we get so frustrated and afraid that maybe maybe I, I shouldn't have gotten the bone in the first place. Maybe this Christianity thing is too much. Maybe maybe I'm not supposed to start that start that business. Maybe maybe I wasn't supposed to start that relationship. Maybe I wasn't supposed to forgive that person. Maybe this just wasn't the right time. Maybe, but man, more likely than not, there's something that Jesus is trying to teach us with the position that he's taking. What if Jesus is saying something by not saying anything at all? What if Jesus is showing us the position that he wants us to take that is possible to take in the middle of a storm? And it's a position of rest. It's a position of great calm. It's a position of great peace that I know that Jesus is with me on the journey. We get, again, so afraid, so oh, we get so anxious that, that we forget that we are not designed to do this on our own, that we're not designed to worry. Matthew chapter 11, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, what, what is a yoke? A yoke is a device that they, they would basically strap to two cattle, to two cows, and to, to plow the ground to get farm work done. They would strap it to the two cows, and it was so much easier for the, for the cows to accomplish the thing that the farmers needed to do. Two people, two things strapped together, a partnership. This is the relationship that we're meant to have with Jesus on the journey as we travel to the other side, as we cross over. We are not meant to do it on our own. Man, if I was just, if I was one of the disciples, I don't, maybe I would start, you know, oh my gosh, get, grab a bucket, you know, Jack Sparrow vibes, right? Just grab a bucket, grab a bucket. Maybe I'm trying to, I'm just saying nautical terms now. Hoist the mainsail. And I'm just trying to, hey, port side. I don't know. I'm just starting to yell things. But what do we see the disciples do? They actually make a good decision. They don't maybe say the best thing, but they make a good decision and they go to Jesus because they know, oh, yeah, we got this guy in our boat. Oh, yeah, there's somebody that I can partner with. On your journey, you are not on your own. A yoke is a divisive partnership, and we are partnered with a powerful God. 
You're not alone. The same God that was able to calm the, the wind and the waves in this story, he is the same God that is able to take the chaos and confusion of your soul, the storm that's going on on the inside of you, the storm that is swirling about, that is just messing with your mind, that is confusing you and scaring you. He is the same God that is able to bring a great calm to your life, a peace that transcends understanding, like it says in Philippians. This is the God that we serve. This is the Jesus that we have, that we can have peace in the storm. So let me ask you, in your life, are you practicing rest? Let's be honest, it's, it's hard to practice this thing. It, it's a tough thing nowadays. In our world that is go, go, go. We're in a skip intro world. We're in a drive-through world. We're in an espresso world where we can get what we want now, where, where things are happening quickly and we get solutions right away. And, but what if God is calling us to rest? and to trust him, and to slow down. Something me, me and Jane, that we as a family are working on, trying to practice, again, practice, I don't just mean do, it's the practice. It's like trying to get better and better at it. Practice makes perfect. We're trying to practice and figure out what does Sabbath look like for our life? And, and, and the thing about that is that it's not just, Sabbath isn't just about not doing anything. It's not actually, the point of Sabbath isn't actually just to rest. The message of Sabbath is that we are partnered with a powerful God who is able to do more in six days than we could ever do in seven. And he's a God that, that in the partnership, in those things, we can trust him. And I, you know what? I don't have to stress out today. This is a day where I just get to enjoy the things of God. This is something Jane and I are, are practicing, trying to figure out. I would love for us as a community to start thinking about how can I practice rest in my life? How can I practice rest in my relationships? How can I practice rest in my marriage? How can I practice rest just in my life? We need to practice this. This is a position that we can have in the storm. This is a position that we can have. We are seeing Jesus exemplify this position as he's asleep on the boat. And what I love about this passage is that he, he's saying, he's saying this, he's saying, that in the storm, that when, when things are already, you know, they're bad and, and, they're, and we're stressed and we're anxious, that, 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 uh, that we can go to him. That we can go to him and we can say, Jesus, right now, you know, I, in the middle of, before I maybe even get anxious, I'm going to have peace. So he's, he's saying, you can be a person of peace. But I, what I love about this passage, too, is that the disciples get anxious. They, they let themselves almost go too far. They start getting afraid, and they go to Jesus. What, what I think he's trying to say is that no matter where you are on the journey, no matter if if, if you haven't been anxious yet or you get anxious and you feel like it's too late, know that no matter what, it's not too late for you to go to Jesus. It's not too late for you to, to, to go to him and say, Jesus, I just need your help right now. I need your great calm. I need your rest in my life. We can go to him. We can go to the one who is over the storm. The third realization is that we need to get to know who he is. There is a connection between our peace in the storm and our ability to, our longevity, our ability to stay in the boat. There, there's the connection between our peace and who we know Jesus to be. 
Verses 40 and 41 of our passage said, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And then it says that the disciples, they were filled with a great fear, and they said this to one another. Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, the journey wasn't just about getting to the other side. The journey, the crossing over, was about getting to know Jesus on the journey in a more intimate way. You see, it all came down to the disciples at the end of our story, after he calms the the wind and the waves. It comes to this this final point where the, the disciples say, who then is this? that even the wind and the seas obey him, they had a revelation that something clicked in their minds like, who is this guy? Oh, he's the guy that, that's over the storm. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He can, if, he said, if he said that we can cross over, we can have peace. They had this realization. And I think that this is why we as a church, man, this is why we're so passionate about, about discipleship. This is why we're so passionate about you because discipleship is really just getting to know Jesus more and more and becoming more and more like him. It's it's becoming like him and doing the things that he does. And and we're so passionate as a church about the walk journey and about about you, you know, it's not joining a team and and joining a group and and taking, you know, some of our watching some of our online videos and a discipleship mentor, all of those things it's not just things that we're trying to do as a church for the sake. You know, we don't want just you to join a team just because we need stuff done. We don't want you to just join a group so that uh, people are more, more people are in groups so we can talk about the numbers. No. The goal of all of those things is to get to know who Jesus is more and more. Because the question is, who do you know Jesus to be? When the winds and the waves start to rise, when push comes to shove, who do you know him to be? Is he, just, is he just another prophet? Was he just another good teacher? Is he just some guy that maybe lived a couple thousand years ago? Or is he who he said he is? Is he the savior of the world? Is he the Messiah? Is he the good shepherd? Is he the one who can give us peace in the storm? Is he Jesus Christ, the savior of the world? Who do you know him to be? I love that in verse 36, early on in our passage, it says that, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Just as he was. We don't have to add or subtract anything from Jesus' character to make him enough for us. We don't have to say to ourselves, I wish Jesus was more like this. I wish Jesus acted more like that. I wish Jesus was less like this. And as we try to cater and and pick the personality traits that we love and tailor make this Jesus. No, we don't have to do that. They took him in the boat just as he was because just as he was was enough. That's why we care about discipleship. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to understand his heart, his character, his nature, the more peace you'll have. The more uh, the, the more storms you'll be able to get through. The more journeys you'll be able to take across to the other side. This is why it's so important that we need to get to know who he is. When we know who's in the boat with us, we don't have to be afraid of what's going on around us. As we get to know who Jesus is more and more, the who becomes way more important than the what. 
the who's with us, like, man, how often has that been true? You go somewhere and, you know, an ice storm happens and you're stuck somewhere or tire pops and, man, sometimes things get tough, but, like, if you're with somebody, if you're with the right people, like, who cares? You're making a story out of it. Man, oh, man, it sucks maybe in the moment, but, man, it's it's the people that you're with. And, and it's so true that when we have Jesus in our boat, when we remember that he is that person, it makes the journey so much more bearable. What kind of God, what kind of Savior, who do we believe is in our boat? Just a quick example of who he is. Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born. This is a Christmas message, typically, but I'm changing it up. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. This is who he is. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. On your journey, he's a wonderful counselor. On your journey, he is a mighty God, the God who is able. On your journey, as you cross over, he's an everlasting father. He's watching over you, he cares for you, he loves you so deeply. And lastly, he's the Prince of Peace. Again, he can bring peace into your life, peace into your soul. We can trust in who Jesus is and that he will be with us through any storm that we face. As we come to the, the end of our passage today, the very last verse that we read, they came to the other side of the sea. They made it. Hoorah. So sweet. They said, they're relieved. Oh, there was a moment there where we didn't know. They made it to the other side. It's great. We're so, it's, it's amazing. God got them through it. This is the prayer. This is what we're all hoping for. But I think we need to look back because we can take confidence from the fact of this verse, the, the verse we just read, the, the end of our passage. They made it to the other side. Oh, I knew it. Now, I was never worried. I had Jesus with me. But I want us to look back at the very first verse that we read. Chapter 4, verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. The last realization, we can take him at his word. Jesus is going to get you to where he is going, to where he's calling you to. Jesus is going to get you to the other side. If he said it's time to cross over, from the moment that the promise is made, we can trust him and take him at his word. You see, faith starts the moment that the promise is made not the moment we see results. It's easy to have faith when we see results, eh? It's easy to have faith once the promise has taken place. Once we're on the other side, it's like, oh, I knew it. I knew, oh, God, you're so good. God, I'm going to give you praise. Good things. We should say, actually, when we get to the other side. God, I'm so thankful. God, you're so good. But can I tell you what deep faith, what mature faith looks like? Mature faith looks like Jesus said it. I believe it. Jesus said, I'm going to get to the other side. I know that I'm going to make it. If Jesus has called you to cross over, you can take him at his word that you're going to make it. The healing is going to take place. The addiction is going to be broken. The finances will come through. The dream is going to come to pass. The relationship is going to be restored. That this year will be a year that you get to know him like never before. You're going to make friends like you never have. And you'll overcome that sin that you have been struggling with. It said it all the time. In, in, in preaching circles and in sermons around the world. If he's called you to it, he's going to get you through it. 
If he's called you there, if he said it's time to go, it's time to cross over, take him at his word. Walk by faith, not by sight. Don't let the storm distract you from the promise that he has made. I love what Tim said last week about when you have a dream in your heart. As you begin to process it with those close to you, you begin to discern it with wise counsel. And as soon, man, when you know it's a word from God, when you feel the Spirit drop something into your heart, get in the boat and go. Trust that he is going to get you to the other side. Jesus, our Savior, he is with us. This is the God that we serve, a good Father, a good Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, in this life, we're going to go through storms. We're going to go through storms. It's going to get tough sometimes. It's going to get hard. No, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. No, that doesn't mean that God isn't calling you to cross over. Remember that you can have peace in the storm. Realize it. Realize that in the middle of the storm, you can have a great calm on the inside of you. That he's the prince of peace. Remember that we got to get to know him more. The more that we get to know him, the more steady we're going to be. The more confident we're going to be on the journey. And lastly, know that you can take him at his word. A couple verses to close out. This is, these are promises. These are verses that can anchor you on the journey. Or maybe an anchor isn't the best phrase. Then you just stay still. You know what I mean? But can keep you going on the journey. More like fuel, wind in your sails. There it is. Philippians chapter 1. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. If he began it, if he called you to it, he's going to complete it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not become weary in in doing good. Don't get weary in doing the things that God has called us to do, in doing and going on the journey and crossing over. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And lastly, just to just to, to pan out and to think about our life, because life is life is just these journeys, these crossing over moments. We're just one thing to the next. That's reality. Storms along the way. But it says this in Matthew 28, just to provide context and to frame in our lives as a whole. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. No matter what storm you're in, no matter what you're facing, no matter what is going on, know that he's with you. So today I believe that that God wants to, to speak to two different groups of people. There's some of you here that you're in the middle of a storm. That you've, you've taken the step, you've gotten in the boat, you're on the journey, you're, you're, you're in the middle of, of going where God has called you to, and there's a storm around you right now. Man, it's, it's tough. I believe that God wants to really remind you that he's going to get you to the other side. That Jesus is speaking and saying, you can have peace right now. That he wants to deposit that deep into your heart. The other group of people is that it's time to cross over. <laughs> That's, that's the message. Maybe you're standing at the shore. Maybe the boat's right there. Maybe you know, you know, I know God's calling you, but I haven't taken this step yet. Today is your day. Don't be afraid of storms. Don't be afraid of the journey. Know that if he's called you to it, he's going to get you through it. Get in the boat. If you're one of those two groups of people, I just want to pray with you really quick. After that, I'm going to do a quick salvation prayer. For, for any of you who want to get in a boat and, and start a relationship with Jesus, go on the amazing journey of, of being a Christian. 
of going on the journey of discipleship. But first, let's pray for these two groups of people. Lord, I pray for anybody here who is in the middle of a storm, anybody here who's gotten in the boat, who's had the courage, Lord, and right now they're in the middle of just a tough, tough season. God, I pray for peace deep in their heart. God, I pray for peace through the storm. I pray for a great calm to take place, just like you calm the winds and the waves, that you would do that for the souls of all those who are in the middle of the journey and are on their way. I pray for, for anxiety to go, for stress to leave, for fear to be gone in your name, God. And God, I pray for those who are afraid, Lord, afraid to, to take that first step to get in the boat at all. Maybe they know. Maybe they've had the word. Maybe they've had the prophetic word. Maybe they've, they've had the dream. Maybe they've written it in their journal. I pray for those people too afraid to take the first step that there would be a confidence right now that a courage would rise up on the inside of them. There would be a group of people in our church, Father, who would step into the boat, that would go on the journey that you're calling them to, that would travel to the other side. Thank you. And hey, if you are here today and you've never taken the first step with being a Christian, you've never gotten in the boat, today is your day. Today is a chance for you to start the best journey ever, for you to start this amazing adventure that we call Christianity. Jesus, this guy that we've been reading about, after he get to, he got to the other side and he continued to do all these incredible things, eventually there was a conspiracy to, to, to convict him of, of crimes he didn't commit. And eventually he was murdered and he hung on a cross. And the thing about that is that, man, he, he did it. He did it for us. That Jesus said, I will pay the price that I didn't pay but I'll take it in place for all of the pain, all of the mistakes, all of the brokenness of the world, for the individual sins, for the individual heartaches. And today, today is a day where you can enter into relationship with that, that God, with Jesus who loves you so much, who he just cares about you and he wants to see you go on this incredible journey. So today, if you wanna start a relationship with me, if you wanna become a Christian, I'm gonna pray a prayer in a second with you. Just at home as you're watching this, wherever you are, you can just kind of really pray this along with me. You can repeat after me and really internalize it. And if you do that, then a link is going to appear in the chat or you can email info at localchurch.co and we'll give you some more resources and information that's going to help you with the journey. But as we close, let's, let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for paying the price that I could not afford. Today, I'm, I say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for trying to do it on my own and all the times I've fallen short. I confess my need for you. I ask you to become the Lord and Savior of my life. I commit my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, wherever you are for listening, maybe put it in the chat. Let's just. Give it up for these, these people. Again, you can click the link, send that email. But we love you so, so much. And we really believe that you just made the best decision of your life. Thank you so much for tuning in, local church. Love you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Justice is preaching next week. He's just the best. He's amazing. So make sure that you tune in for it. We'll see you soon. Bye.